0: Welcome back to the Cross Bucket Podcast. Host is always Tanner Dimling. And let's get right into things here today. NLL Free Agency continues. The MLL Week 9 went on last weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The POL playoff picture is still Starting to come into picture, Um, I believe there's like one or two weeks left in the season. It was kind of weird how they did things with the the gap weeks there. So I believe you have one. We have three weeks left in the regular season before uh, the playoffs start. Columbus, New York, and Philadelphia in September. But before we get talking about the MLL and the PLL, we need to dive into some more NLL free agency news. And uh, the biggest news out of today, actually, and really out of the past couple of days, um, is Corey Vitarelli signing with the Philadelphia Wings Um, again, a Peterborough guy, <laughs> signing with um, the Philadelphia Wings and Coach Paul Day. Um, again, who would have thought, you know? Um, obviously, all jokes aside there, uh Corey Viterelli, great player, I believe. Uh, yeah, nine-year veteran. I was going to say five for some reason. Been in the league way longer than that. Uh, nine-year veteran. You know he played his entire career in Rochester up until this season, uh, in this past season, uh, is what I mean. And you know was traded part of that when Rochester was really just getting rid of all those UFAs um, at the trade deadline. He played, I believe, nine games. So he played nine games in Rochester last season. That was the first half of the season. Then. Colorado traded him for Ryan Banesh. Uh, so Colorado got Corey Vittorelli for the last six games of the season. He had eight goals and six assists with the Mammoth. Uh, really helped that offense. The offense wasn't really it was it wasn't a a different system from the year prior, but you had some new faces. Kyle Killen was uh, a, a rookie that really impressed this season. Um, so he, he kind of took some bigger reins than people thought he might have uh, done. So and you had some other guys stepping up as well. But, like, Ryan Banesh was not getting the looks that he wanted. He looked kind of timid out there. Uh-huh. They even scratched him for a couple of games. He was a healthy scratch for, I believe, two, three, maybe even more uh, games last season for Colorado before – finally trading him to Rochester where uh believe I don't have the stats right up in front of me, but if I remember he played pretty well um, throughout the rest of that uh, year with Rochester and um but Corey really going to Philadelphia and when when you look at what this Philadelphia team has, I'm really excited about this the what this offense could be here. Um and, f- so first off, I uh, just so, so, Corey Vitarelli, yes, he's a nine-year veteran. Yes, he's aging a bit. Right? Like, every guy ages when they get to a certain, in every sport, besides maybe Tom Brady. Um, and I'm not a Patriots fan, by the way. But, he is aging a bit, Corey Vitarelli. Um With that said, he will become more of a veteran presence here for this Philadelphia team. And when I'm looking, I'm looking at this Philadelphia roster right now, and obviously they didn't lose. They didn't lose some guys, but um, I'm looking at this team right now, and you know, professional across in it's own right. You don't have guys that make it that long, right? You know, you look at guys like Paul Label, who've been doing it for. Kyle Harrison's probably a better example has uh, been doing it for a long time. Uh, Sean Evans has been doing it for a long time. Matt Vince has been doing it for a long time. So you have guys that have done it for a long time. But in in regards to other sports, and I mean even you no know, football, where the average professional lifespan is like two to three years on an average. And that when they say that, they're not p- taking into uh, they're taking into account those practice team players and everything like that as well. So. It's like a two five year thing there across depending on which league you play in it, it, it I think it can fail there but Cory Villi definitely one of the older guys now um, as a nine-year veteran he's going to be a leader here for this Philadelphia team and um, you know you have a lot of a lot of young talent on this team. Uh, as as i mentioned um in in the article on lacrossebucket.com dot com today Matt Lambeau, blaze root and two young um, uh American guys uh, Blaze obviously grew up playing box uh but from the states two young guys that have have impressed um and then you have Brett hickey who we all know what he can do and you know, <laughs> I saw someone was telling me they said you know they said uh, kind of see Viterelli as a Brett Hickey insurance um getting an insurance policy on him there. Um, I believe he did he yeah, he got injured uh midway through the season. You know, Kevin Crowley is a fantastic player. Josh Currier all around uh kind of player there. Um so yeah, this 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 Philadelphia team with, with a sniper like Vitorelli. Um, and, you know, Vitorelli is a. Is, is a can, it'll be able to contribute as a goal scorer and as a leader on this team that really has a lot of young talent on the roster. So, even though, like, and I've seen people say, like, oh, he's just an old guy. And I've also seen people say, oh, bad move on Colorado for getting him and, and all of that. Um, I don't know if I would agree with all of that because he did help Colorado make the playoffs and they did beat Saskatchewan in the first round, which is a heck of a feat in itself. So he, he did help them this season, and, and yet, yeah, d- does it stink that... He's not going to be there for Colorado fans who were excited that they got him in the first place. Yes. When you look at it from a from a, from a a perspective of recency, so when you're trading for a guy, if you say, we need this guy right now, but he might not be here a year, two, three years down the road, a lot of times, especially in lacrosse, you'll see GMs maybe want to make that move. And Buffalo, uh, excuse me, Buffalo, Colorado has taken a bit of a hit this off season, and with um, with moves like that, such as this one. But all in all, I think Philadelphia, Philadelphia, you know, has done very well for themselves this free agency period. You got Ian, Ian Ward, veteran defenseman, defenseman, right? And then you get um, now Corey Vitarelli in here. So you get two leaders there to kind of really get in that locker room that has a lot of young talent. And really, you saw them struggle as you're trying to get that cohesion, especially on the defensive end with Lord. He'll be a big help there as well, um, getting Zach Higgins in goal with that trade with Buffalo. And uh, speaking of Buffalo. They re-signed two guys today. Transition player, Kevin uh, Brownell, who was a seven-year veteran, has been with the Bandits his entire career, and he was a key figure last year during that run to the NLL finals. He was an alternate captain last season as well. So, Brownell, great player. Um... You know, he's not one of, a lot of transition guys, you know, he's not one of those, like, household names that maybe everyone knows, but he had a good year last year. He had three goals, 11 assists, 74 loose balls, 13 caused turnovers, his career totals, 96 points, 32 goals, 64 assists, and then... 515 loose balls and 102 caused turnovers on his career. In addition to Brownell, who's a big addition coming back for this Buffalo team, they re-signed uh, Dallas Brittle. Bridal? I believe it's Brittle. Um, I, I, I'm not good with with, with names. so Always have to say it, every Podcast, apologies if I mispronounce any name on here. Uh, but Dallas Brittle, uh, he spent most of last season on the practice squad for Buffalo. Uh, he only played in one game. We had two assists and uh, chased down three loose balls. Orangeville, Ontario native. He he's had a good summer this year in the MSL. <clears throat> Has 27 points playing for Brampton. Has uh, 27 points through the regular season with the Brampton Excelsiors alongside uh, the the young Jeff Teat there, who's having a good year as well in the MSL. Can't wait to see him in the NLL. It? He'll be a senior at Cornell, so he has... So next year, he'll be in the draft. That'll be a uh, fun player to watch here in the NRL. Uh But Brittle, you know, eh, it's a practice guy. He, he can play a little. They get him. Obviously, Brownell, uh, the biggest signing today for the Buffalo Bandits. As they get a pretty pretty big piece of that transition um, and, and defensive squad back for the Bandits who, I don't know if, if, if you peg them this early on to make another run, uh, but I certainly think they have the talent to do so when the East, uh, be at the top of the East at least, and uh, get to the finals again. So, we'll see, but you get some good pieces back there. Also today, the uh, Toronto Rock and Rochester Nighthawks engaged in a trade. So, Phil Caputo has been traded to Rochester in exchange for a second-round draft pick in the 2020 entry draft. Caputo has been with Toronto for the past three seasons, was started his career with New England, was acquired by Toronto after the 2016 season. He only played in two games last season. I believe he's played in more games prior um, with The Rock, but only played in two games last year, 25-year-old. <clears throat> so we'll see on that one if, if, if he... Uh, improves any with this Rochester team, to, and we, we've seen what they've put together s- thus far with some off-season stuff, as well as the excuse me, free agency and trading trades and that, with uh, in addition to the expansion draft, which took place... About a month ago now. Seems like it was just like last week. Uh, About a month ago now. So we'll see what uh, Caputo can do there if he uh, can grow any more as a player. He did have three loose balls and had 22 penalty minutes in the two games that he played last season for the rock. Oh no, I believe that's a career. Okay, that's a career penalty minutes. Not I believe so. Cause that just does not sound right. That's what the it's funny, that's what the uh the press release that they had said that uh Rochester had said they had twenty two penalty minutes in just two games. I, seems like a lot, but I don't know, they probably met career penalty minutes, but whatever. Um, Wrapping up this NLL for agency talk here, I do want to talk about one topic that I've seen come up multiple times, and that is, so, so we got two football guys, two former professional football players playing in the NLL or have signed contracts with teams for this upcoming season. You have Tim Samesh, who signed with San Diego the other day. And you have uh, Daryl Wad, or Wald. Daryl Wad. Again, not good with names. He played, in the CFL, was a defensive lineman with the Red Blacks. Let's see, he played 1, 2, 3... He played from 2015 to 2018 in the CFL, played with the Toronto Argonauts, and then with the... He played 17 games with the Argonauts in 2015, and has seen his play diminish. Um, someone told me he's currently on the Peterborough Lakers like injured reserve list. He played Junior A with them for a while. Um, During his junior days, he played junior A in Peterborough. So, again, another Peterborough guy signing with Philadelphia. Then you have Tim Samesh, who his story's been written about. I'll I'll link the the story the NLL did on him down in the description of this podcast. Uh, But he played at Northern Illinois and then played for multiple NFL teams, I believe, he had his longest tenure with the Dolphins, if I'm correct. And then also uh, ended his career with the Tennessee Titans coming lives in Tennessee in Nashville. So he's getting his shot there. He's from Omaha, Nebraska. Played high school across from, from the article that I've read um, that the NLL had. And again, I'll link that down in the description of the show notes of this podcast. Moving on from this NLL free agency talk, going into a little bit of week nine, a little bit of a week nine recap of the MLL season. So in week nine of the MLL season, we had three games on Saturday, one on Sunday. And so first off, the game on Sunday, we're not going to talk much about it. The games on Saturday were good. Games on Sunday. The one game on Sunday was terrible. I watched maybe the first half. Turned it off. Absolutely terrible. I'm pretty sure the crowd left after the first quarter. It was so bad. It was obviously... It was honestly atrocious. So... Starting things off here starting things off you, The Boston Cannons, sixteen, Denver Outlaws thirteen. The Cannons, big, big performance from goalie, Nick Morocco in this one. <clears throat> they were able to hold Denver scoreless in the second quarter. I believe they had a hold on, put on the stat sheet here. So it was seven it was 8 to 4 excuse me at the end of the f- first half at the end of the first quarter boston was leading 7 to 4 a lot of defense in that second period there. third and fourth you saw more offense <laughs> being played on both sides as it was a pretty dead even uh, Denver actually won the second half, nine to eight. If like, you look at the third and fourth, they won the second half nine to eight, and obviously Denver. Uh, me, Boston won the first half, eight to four. And like when I'm looking at these shots here, so shots on goal by quarter. Like, neither team shot the ball very much in the second. And really not all game. Like, you have seven shots per quarter. Is kind of what the atwood would average out here for Boston. And really for, be about eight for Denver. Like, that's that's not very good. Not very not, not really. If you want to get the ball back in the net, you gotta go. You gotta. You gotta get possession. You gotta force it. In there sometimes, um, but nonetheless, pretty good game here. Rylan Lees did go down, a uh, rookie, rookie defenseman LSM for the Boston Cannons, did go down with an injury, I believe, in the first, in the second, or third quarter. Uh, I don't know if he returned to the game, I cannot remember that, but. He did go down with an injury, apparent to be a knee injury, um, is what it looked like. He'll also be a high draft pick in the NLL this coming September. <clears throat> but really, the story of this game was Nick Morocco, <laughs> in 16 saves off of 29 shots on goal. He played fantastic and... Really was was a calming presence there for the Canons' uh, defense. Zed Williams had another great game. He had five points, four goals, one assist. Will Sands with three po- with six points, three goals, three assists for the Cannons. For Denver, you had Ryan, Lee get six points, five goals, one assist. You had Tim Barber, John Grant Jr. both putting up two goals. Uh, John Grant Jr. had had one assist as well in this game. So, really, it it was a pretty even game besides that second quarter, which really Boston used to their advantage. Even though they didn't do much either, they kind of used that to their advantage in uh, getting ahead. And a big win for Boston as they put themselves in first place in the league. Actually, I think Boston, Chesapeake, and Denver are all tied for first at the moment. But with that win, they won first place. Uh, they put themselves in that category to be tied for first with that win. And uh, Chesapeake beats New York 9-11. to And I don't want to talk much about this game other than Colin Heacock had six goals. Yeah, Colin Heacock had six goals in this game, and we'll talk more about Colin Heacock uh, in, in a few minutes when we get to Sunday's game, which I said I won't talk much about, but I will talk about Colin <laughs> about Colin Heacock. Um, yeah, Chesapeake eleven to nine, they get the win. Um, it was a six to one Chesapeake lead after the first. Uh, New York got two goals to go in the second, and then. Chesapeake just kind of held on through a New York comeback in the second half. And, you know, Chesapeake is just a much better team. I mean, it's true. New York, you're terrible. I'm I'm not kidding. Like, yes, you have Rob Pinnell. you You have Dylan Malloy. But you're terrible. You have Kevin Crowley. But you're absolutely terrible. And it's not even like... It's not even that they that they can't play; it's that they don't play together. And I'll say this: the only game that I've seen Rob Pinoau even look like he was interested in being there was the All Star game. Like he looked like he was having fun out there, but outside of that, it it does not appear Rob Panel is having fun. And who would? You're losing. They're losing. They've won what two games this season? Atrocious New York, atrocious. Uh, Chesapeake, you're good. We, we, we know. You 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 ran over New York this weekend. Colin Heacock had a big game. Wild Thompson does what he does. I don't know if you all have seen this, but he went, he was probably about five yards out, I guess. Maybe three, five yards out from, from the crease. Just, you know, disrespectful, behind the back. Defender doesn't even it was it was honestly I don't want to take anything away from the shot from Lyle because it was an amazing shot and I don't know anyone else that could pull it off but Lyle. Um, but the defense was not that good. And to his credit, he he was taking advantage of this horrific New York defense and just making them look silly. It it, 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 it was quite Anytime you watch Lyle Thompson, I don't care what the game is, it is quite entertaining, to say the the least. Like even if it's a blowout, like really that game, it was eleven to nine, but it was not even that close. Chesapeake literally was like allowing New York these looks at the end of the game. It, It was not that close. And the second game that they played this weekend, oh yes, by the way, they played each other three weeks, three weeks in a row. They played last week, and they played two games this week. One in Chesapeake, which was on Saturday night. One in New York, on Long Island, which was on Sunday night. Yeah. I don't know. And and, and I'll say this, I know the this schedule was kind of made for six teams. And they just kind of had to readjust it and things, so that that comes into play. So like, don't don't look at that and be like, oh, it's MLL, MLL. Remember, they had a contraction before the season. After the schedule is made, it you no, know, it, it's difficult to ske- to work with those things. So I give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Moving on to the other Saturday night game, the last Saturday night game, Dallas Rattlers 16, Atlanta Blaze 14. What? Yes. Dallas has won a game again. And they played good, really really good. They were up 6 to 4 at the end of the first. Now, this was a case of, like, kind of, Dallas plays good first, first quarter. Atlanta get, gets going in the second. Dallas gets going in the third. Pretty even in the fourth. Atlanta. So, Liam Burns, fantastic defenseman. Uh, I put him as one of my standouts. and I'll link that. I'll go down in the description as well. My I do a weekly... Uh, notebook of Major League Lacrosse One of my standouts this weekend Was Liam Bones. Hits 7 gun balls 2 cost turnovers Leads the league in caused turnovers He's a great defenseman um, Chris Madelon Is a great goalie But the man only had 8 saves Off of 23 shots on goal That's not his fault This defense was letting Dallas in All game long And I'll say this I, I mentioned this uh, in an article I wrote about the Dallas Rattlers offense kind of coming into the own, Bradley Voigt played good. Two goals. Bryce Wasserman played good. Five goals, two assists. His best game of the season. By far. Like I've said all you, Bryce Wasserman's not doing anything. The kid is not doing anything. He he's just not doing it. Seven points this game. Prove me wrong. Congrats on your great game on the great game, Bryce. Out this one, Adam Oseka was traded from Chesapeake to Dallas prior to the All-Star break. No coincidence that they've won both games that Adam Oseka has played in. Because he's kind of brought this leadership factor to their offense, a calming presence. Someone who can get the ball, get everybody settled down, and they don't make mistakes that often with him in there. Eli Salama, LSM, I think he's been doing a fantastic job of pushing transition and getting everybody set. like, And this team, really, this Dallas team, they had a ton of mistakes early on in the season. They fixed those, and they are winning. Now, Atlanta, I will say this. How how do you lose a game? How do you lose a game when your face-off man is going 26 or 33? He went... Alex Woodall went 26 of 33. Won 26 out of 33 faceoffs. And you lost Atlanta. Now, there was a situation I didn't see the entire thing because... So, I I watched this game, and I turned it off a little bit. And then I... Because I turned it off. I I I was out somewhere. Turned it off. I turned it back on. And it's like the last two, three minutes of the game when I see this, I I went back and kind of watched bits and pieces of the uh, second and third that I missed, and I missed this one section of the fourth. There was evidently a penalty or something called, and Dallas, they gave Dallas the goal, and then Dallas got possession again and they scored. So it was t- like it was tied, it was tied, and Dallas took. I don't know. The the refs gave Dallas something. Um, The Atlanta coaching staff and sideline was not happy, to say say the least. Um, But, still, Atlanta would make, like, I love this Atlanta team. Tommy Palasek, Mark Matthews, dude had three assists. He had this, oh my goodness, his passes are on point. Brian Cole's been playing good. Tommy Palasek. TJ Comizio. Best SSDM in the MLL. At me. Do whatever you want. Hands down. Best best defensive midfielder in the MLL. TJ Comizio. Dude has been on fire. Um, this Atlanta boys team has been blazing through the season. And they kind of... They coughed it up at the end here. And it's really... You know, their defense did not. And I said that all you like. They have the best offense in the league, but their defense can come back to haunt them. It, And it, it really, I, I, it's similar to what Penn State was this year in the NCAA. Uh, but I digress. Spent way too long on that game here. And we're, we're going to move on to this last game. Chesapeake, 24. New York, 7. Throw in the towel. Throw in the towel, New York. Close shop. Go home for the season. This is embarrassing. At home you get blown out. You're losing seven to four at the end of the first. Thirteen to six at the at the end of the first half. 19 to 7 at the end of the third, and you lose 24 to 7. You let Chesapeake score five goals, five unanswered goals in the fourth quarter. You got blown out every single quarter. Now, I will say this, I will say this. I already mentioned New York and their offense. I don't. I don't know what's going on there. They switched up face off. Uh, face off guys. Uh, Mark Andre Jack played. Um, who's the one guy? I can't pronounce his name. Pujagowski. He's been playing great all year. Has not. Did not play well at all this past um, week. Austin Cowell. I think is a very good goalie, but you don't have anything in front of him. I mean, you do. You have been Randall. He was awesome, but, eh. I mean, you have good guys in front of him. They didn't play. They did not show up this weekend. Usually, like I'll say, like New York's defense played well, but their offense did not show up. Their entire team didn't even get off the bus this week. I will say this though Brian Corrigan, um, Marist Grad, rookie. Got his first action this weekend with the Lizards and Cage. He had three saves off of eight shots on goal. Allowed five goals. Uh. That you know, final period of play. He played good. He played good. Like I'll say it. He played good. He played good. I was impressed w- with what he did. Um, I went back and watched like the fourth because I saw... Was it Mailist? Mailist? Uh, someone sent me a a message. It was like, "Hey, go check out what Brian Corrigan did." and I, no, I, I love watching Mailist. I love Coach Keegan Wilkinson um, over there. And I was like, oh, "Okay, sure. Like, I'll go. I'll, I'll go back and look at look at the look at the f- awful final period of this game to see what this kid did. And looked at some of the defensive possessions. He played good. He played good. So I'll say that um, again. Colin Heacock four goals the man had 10 goals this weekend past the 50 point mark congrats to you Colin Heacock Lyle Thompson three goals one assist in this game alone Steel Stanwick Vintage Steel Stanwick came back this weekend three goals two assists five points in this game Steel Stanwick one of my favorite players of all time I know I grew up with that 20 uh, 2010, 2011, 2012 Virginia teams like those were my teams. The Bratton Twins, the st- uh Steel Stanwick, like the dude's back. I'm excited to see it. Like I'm excited to see Steel Stanwick having success again. Like, cause a few years ago I was like, I don't know if he's gonna have a pro career anymore. Because and he did. He took like a year off. He took a year off, and I was like, well, no, that 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 stinks. Steel Stanwick's back, y'all. He's back. Andrew Q, who I think will be the number one draft pick in the NLL draft, coming up. Just a little hint there uh, of my my take on that. He had two goals, one assist as well. Andrew Q been playing very good for this Chesapeake team. Uh, Brian Phipps played the whole game. 12 saves off of 19 shots on goal. But honestly, y'all, New York, like, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it. We're, we're going to the PLL here, fellas. We're, we're going over to the PLL here. And uh, coming off a bye week in the PLL doing San Jose this weekend, and we're going to go over some playoff crunching scenarios that uh could have heading into week eight. So here is... Um, all of the playoff crunching scenarios here. Um, The Archerks could win three games. So here, like, oh my gosh. So if you go to the PLL's website, they, um... So we have three weeks left in the PLL season. They have, like, literally every single scenario on every single team. Um, The most obvious one... Chrome they need three straight wins, the Archers and Atlas to lose two games and higher and have a higher uh score differential than both the Archers and the Atlas. So it's safe to say, fellas, like Chrome could be out next weekend. Like they could like they could be eliminated this weekend. Which I would hate to see. Because you No, know, I love Coach Dulcia. I love I love watching that team because they have, and they stink, they stink, I'll say they stink, they're the worst PLL team, but every team is a team of all-stars, you have six all-star teams essentially, and they've progressed so well this season, it's been very fun to see what they've been, how they've been able to progress and finally hit their peak, but it might be a little too late. Um, Then the other one, uh, Whip Snakes, they win this game this weekend, Uh, who'd they play this weekend, I'll I should pull up the schedule prior to this. Um, who do they play this weekend? Uh, Redwoods play. Oh, chaos. Oh, me. am I talking Whipsnakes? Okay, Whipsnakes play Chrome this weekend. Oh gosh. Okay, Whipsnakes play Chrome this weekend. They won that game. They're in. Chrome. They're out. Um, Chaos is in the same scenario. They play Redwoods on. They play Friday night. 'Cause what's the it's the tenth and eleventh. The tenth is on yeah, that's Saturday. Okay, Saturday. So Chaos, Whip Snakes each need to win their game this weekend and they're in. And then the Archers, they have to win th- either three games. And Ar- well, Archers and Atlas are in the same kind of situation. They have to win either three games, um, or They can win two games, Redwoods lose two, so this is Archers. Two games, or actually this is both teams here, Archers and Atlas. They can each each win three games or win two games, Redwoods lose two, and have have a higher score differential than Redwoods. Also, they can each win two games and the other lose two games. So those are the, the, the simplest ones I can... I can put. The, I'm not going to go through every single one of these, but sim- simple, simple as this: Whip Snakes and Chrome can both. Uh, excuse me. Whip Snakes and Chaos can both clinch a playoff spot this weekend. Chrome could be eliminated. All right, guys. That is that's it for this uh, episode edition. Of the LaCrosse Bucket Podcast. As always you can find myself. On social media. On Twitter. At Tanner underscore Dimring. You can find the website. On Twitter. I believe Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everything. At LaCrosse Bucket. You can find the website. LaCrosseBucket.com Again. Thank you all for listening to the LaCrosse Bucket Podcast. LaCrosseBucket.com well, it's always across cross-season.